Welcome back to Give Me Some Truth. We've got some special guests. We got Keith here. We've got Jason Buckley from Select One Mortgage here. And uh, we're going to talk mortgages today and the whole environment about what's going on, refinances, um, and how things are going. So, uh, Jason, welcome and thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you for having me. Appreciate it, gents. Can you uh, just kind of explain your role and how your company works uh, with people that are looking to get mortgages? Sure, sure. Uh, my role, I'm, I'm a loan officer. Uh, I guess I'm, I'm president of, of Select One Mortgage. I started Select One Mortgage in 2017 with a college friend. Um, and we've maintained a, a mortgage brokerage platform for the duration of our, our existence uh, for the past 17 years. And the reason we find that it gives us the, the most flexibility. Um, you know, we're, we're dissimilar to, to banks in the fact that you go into a local bank, um, they have the bank's vested interest in, in mind, whatever the, the rates and closing costs are for, for them on any given day, that, that just kind of is what it is versus our vested interest is in the, the end consumer. Um, we're, we're trying to, to figure out who's going to be able to, to offer the, the lowest closing costs, the, the best interest rates um, to the end consumer to, to figure out, you know, how we can get them really the best deal. So, um, you know, we, we find that we can truly do a service to our, our, our clients by offering the, the best of both worlds. And, um, keeping it in, in, you know, we're a true small business. So, um, you know, as far as our atmosphere and, and everything that we have is, is a, a true, um, you know, mom and pop shop. So, you know, we're, we're happy to, to help uh, clients save money. Uh, we're happy to help folks uh, purchase. And, and that's all we do. Uh, all we do is mortgages. And so in terms of, you know, how you're different from a bank, you can essentially go around and, and shop to different lenders for, for mortgages. Is that right? Yeah, that's exactly right, Keith. So um, what we try to do is to analyze the, the goals of the clients. Um, are, are they looking, are they existing homeowners? Uh, are they looking to, to gain a, a lower interest rate and save money on a monthly basis so that you as financial advisors can potentially uh, take that uh, savings and reinvest that? Are they looking to uh, do cash out for some kind of debt consolidation or home improvements? Uh, they're looking to reduce the the term to to pay off more of the principal balance uh, more aggressively. So for for us, it's really just trying to, to figure out you know what exactly the end consumer wants uh, and how we can best play a matchmaker with, with with the end lender. So that's exactly what we do is we 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 shop according to whatever the the consumer's goal is. And Jason, I know that it, this environment right now is a little bit different because um, you've got purchasers. Uh, kind of that first mortgage situation, which I think the the market to that, from what I've heard, is is not too bad. And then you've got a second situation, all the refis, and it's a definitely a new world in the refinance world right now. Correct? Well, it, it certainly is, and it's it's a different world for a lot of different reasons. Uh, you know, on the onset of COVID nineteen, there there was a, a lot of of uh, investors that either suspended lending, uh, suspended different lending programs. Um, or, or just completely uh, got out of out of lending entirely. So it was it was very interesting to to kind of live those those first month or, or two, you know, March and April during COVID when when things were, were so uncertain. You know, we were shifting entire pipelines uh, to different lenders that maybe we hadn't used in the past or, or at all. Um, so it, it was it was definitely. Uh, in an interesting market cycle. You know, we, I've been in lending for almost 20 years and I've seen some uh, vastly different market cycles. And this is, is certainly a, 
one for, for the books. Um, you know, mortgage rates have, have never been so low. Um, so everyone is taking advantage of those, whether it's, you know, your first time home buyer that, that, that's purchasing or you're purchasing your, your fifth house, or maybe you're just trying to take advantage of better rates for, for whatever the goal is. It's, it's definitely busy times. I think mortgage applications are, are at all time highs right now. Mortgage rates are at all time lows. Um, so it's, it's a, definitely a great time to, to get your hands on cheap money. And so, you know, what you mentioned, you know, March and April, um, you know, lenders kind of seizing up and that's, you know, usually what happens in times of really great uncertainty, right. Is, is you're, they're less likely to lend. Um, what are, what have been some of the other kind of knock on effects have, have, you know, now, um, we're in August, uh, have lenders returned to normal? Do they still have, uh, higher scrutiny? And then what are other, you know, sort of things that may be different about the process right now uh, than, than we saw back in, you know, uh, January or, you know, sure. this time sure. last year? Yeah, I, I think the vast majority of, of lenders have to a certain degree come back as business as usual. But by the same token, um, you know, COVID still very much exists and it's definitely affecting uh all the entire lending arena. Uh, government loans have been a little bit more scarce. Jumbo loans uh, are finally coming back into the fold. Uh, they were some of the, the first to, to go. Different rehabilitation loans um, are still uh, suspended. So um, for, for the most part, you know, your, your conventional loans, your, 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 your people that are looking to, to purchase with three to, you know, 90% down payment, um, you know, for, for them, it's mostly business as usual. I, I think the, the folks that, that really um, are, are most scrutinized are, are those of us that are self-employed. You know, the, those are the people that have been, been hit the hardest with, with, with COVID. Um, and because of that fact, from a lending standpoint, there, there's additional documentation requirements. Um, you're, you're dealing with more <clears throat> profit and loss statements that, that uh, uh, we need to obtain to make sure that profitability is, is still viable. Uh, in 2020, um, you're having to get you know additional documentation from CPAs and, and that type of thing too. So I, I think that it's in some ways a, a little bit more cumbersome for for the self-employed borrower to to obtain financing, but it's still certainly possible. Um, and, and I've noticed that the the process just from start to finish, especially on the refinance, just seems to take a lot longer than prior processes. I've been through a few of these with their clients, and it just seems yes. like it it just takes a while now, and you just have to be patient. Well, yeah, to a certain degree, that, that's that's true. Um, there are some some investors that, that are coming out now that, that are trying to, like their niche is to try to be as expedient as possible. Um, but certainly there, there's, because there, there's so many different people that are trying to take advantage of these rates, um, volume, loan volume is so much greater, uh, thus pushing turnaround times uh, much higher. You know, some, some lenders are taking, you know, up to two weeks in order to issue a conditional approval or the first wave of underwriting in order to, to figure out, you know, basically the roadmap in which, you know, we need to travel to, to submit additional documentation to get your loan finalized. So, uh, you know, the, it's also been interesting throughout the, the past months that the mortgage rates have continued to filter down. So those folks that, you know, we initially called and said, hey, listen, we can offer you, you know, 3% or sub 3% financing. Well, now rates are, are, are continuing to filter even lower. And so, because of that, we've had to start over some of those loans in order to, for folks to take advantage of those interest rates, you know, because we're not locked into any particular bank, 
you know, we can flip your, your, your loan to a different investor and try to take advantage of those rates. So you know, a lot of folks that are doing refis aren't necessarily in a huge hurry because the, they know they're going to be obtained the, the lowest possible rates, but they want the basement. And where is the basement? And is the biggest question. I mean, you guys can probably speak to that uh, more than anyone, you know, but the, the market is funky. The market is <laughs> driven by fear and it, it, it's, it's very interesting. I think that's that's definitely fair. Now, um, w- one thing I'm curious about is, you know, as we all know, lo- lending is a is a process, especially with a home. You have inspectors, you have appraisers, you have all of those things. Are you seeing any backups? You know, if I'm a first time home buyer, um, any backups in that process? And if I'm a first time home buyer, uh, and I, I come to you and say, Hey, Jason, I, I want a loan in this environment. Is there anything I can do to help? speed up the process, ease the process, get myself through some of these hurdles ahead of time. Uh, speed things yeah. up and make myself, because here in Ma- and we can talk about this too, in Madison, it's a pretty tight real estate market. It is. It is indeed. You know, in, in, in few other processes, few other sales processes, are there so many salespeople involved in the process? Well, you have multiple real estate agents and title agents and inspectors and appraisers and um, you know, just down the line, you know, homeowners insurance agents and financial advisors like yourself. So, you know, the, the, because there, there's there's so many different people, the, the, the process depends upon, you know, certainly the, there's been, you know, breakdowns uh, to a certain degree or bottlenecks, I, I, I would say. Um, you know, on the onset of COVID, you know, the, the biggest issue that we were having with purchase and refi transactions is, Appraisers didn't want to go into people's homes. People didn't want appraisers into their homes. Um, and so we were inadvertently bottlenecking there because it was kind of a stalemate. People want to take advantage of, of low interest rates, but people really want to make sure that their families are, are safe and cared for. So, you know, the, in order to, to, to figure this out, uh, Fannie Mae and Freddie Mac uh, announced that they'll allow more drive-by appraisals. They'll allow more desktop appraisals, meaning we can kind of keep the human factor more outside of the process. And, you know, there's certain transactions that require a full interior, exterior appraisal. If you're doing more of a cash out refi, uh, government loans, whether you're talking about FHA, VA, or USDA lending, they do require full full appraisal still too. Um, But for the most part, you know, for, you know, Jane Doe that's looking to to refi her her home or or purchase her first home, you oftentimes can get away with, uh, you know, some kind of a desktop or or limited review appraisal. So, you know, that, that's been, been helping. And it was kind of the similar thing, Keith, with, with, with the home inspectors. Um, people didn't want to necessarily have home inspectors or, or be attend a, a home inspection when um, that's been common practice for, for years. Um, you know, just trying to keep everyone safe yet socially distanced enough is, is a fine line and a balance. So it's, um, I, I think... T- your next point of, you know, what can the, the home buyer do in order to, to best prepare for the process is, you know, especially from a pre-approval standpoint, you know, at Select One Mortgage, we try to collect all the documentation up front. So we're not trying to chase it after they have an accepted offer. You know, we want to review all the income and asset documentation prior to. So this is a, a true pre-approval. Um, if there's anything that, that's going to happen uh, that, that's not so positive, we want that to happen before the, you know folks write an offer on a home. So it's our goal to, to keep them safe. We do this every day. Uh, we all specialize in something, uh, but I, I think, you know, document preparation is big. Um, and then just generally, you know, we try to coach people, you know, you need to, to have a homeowner's insurance agent lined up. 
uh, so that you can obtain that homeowner's insurance policy right away. We need to make sure that if you have a relatively tight time frame, um, you know, we order a rush on the appraisal. So that, that can cost the consumer additional funds, but if they're trying to be more aggressive with their time frames, then, you know, that's something I think is, is imperative to talk about on the front. You know, the appraisal piece is uh, always going to take the, the longest. Even if we order a rush, it takes, you know, inside of a week. Without a rush, it's a couple week process. So, you know, we're certainly still working through the, the, the loan application and underwriting, you know, during that time. But uh, the, the sooner we can get the, the appraisal piece knocked out, the, the better. And, and, and two, um, for folks that have 20% down payment, oftentimes we can, or more, uh, we can get what's called appraisal waivers, meaning they can forego the appraisal process entirely, uh, save that fee, uh, and we can really go so much faster too. So, you know, people that have, you know, relatively good credits and good compensating factors, meaning good job time, uh, assets and income, that, that type of thing, they, they nine times out of 10 were, were successful in order to get them those appraisal waivers, which is huge, especially for purchase transactions because it just saves time. Jason, have you seen, has this kind of thawed out a little bit or has it just continued to kind of accelerate over time and been a real bottleneck this whole way through? It, it's kind of been a bit of a bottleneck all the way through. That's why the, these appraisal waivers are so clutch. Um, you know, especially for refis, we've been fortunate to, to help a lot of folks that either have strong equity positions or built strong equity positions and, and are more of your conventional borrower where um, those are, are best suited in order to get the, the appraisal waivers. But um, no, th things are, it's a supply and demand that there's so many mortgages that, um, you know, there's just limited appraiser populations. And, you know, because of that fact, they, they can charge much more money for an appraisal, especially in an outer, outer line area. If you're looking to buy, you know, a, a second home up north, uh, for example, you know, oftentimes it can take, I've seen as long as three weeks in order to get an appraisal back. And, and it's to a certain degree appraiser extortion because they're charging much higher fees than, than what is normal. Um, because there's just such a limited population of appraisers in that pool. And, you know, bankers and brokers alike have to use appraisal management companies where uh, it's a third-party fence where we, we make the, the order and then it goes on a rotation. It gets randomly accepted by an appraisal appraiser. Um, and then it, they schedule with the listing agent or, or, or the homeowner. Well, that process takes a couple of days when it should be. You make an order and, and somebody calls and, it's a phone call. It shouldn't take that long, but um, so it, it yeah, it, it's still taking some, some time. And you know, the appraisal piece is least favorite piece of the the, the process, just because <laughs> it's you have no control over it. Um, there's very little accountability, which is frustrating when you're trying to to give updates, and it just kind of is what it is uh, these days, and has has been so since I think 2010 when the uh, when trade came out with, with the whole anti-steering rule. So. Um, one question I have is, um, relative to, you know, you mentioned this, um, you know, up North, if people are looking at second properties, what are the, you know, what's going on? And then, you know, nationwide, what's your sense of, you know, Madison is, is from everything I've heard very busy. How are the markets up North or, you know, for vacation properties and then elsewhere in the United States, what are you hearing, uh, you know, right now? Yeah. Um, Madison is extremely busy just from the standpoint of there's such a, a need for such a lack of it. Um, so that, that's going to continually drive up our, our home prices, which, which is good for those of us that are homeowners. 
Um, but it, it's more cumbersome for folks that are looking to, to move. Um, you know, finding that home, you have to be ultra aggressive in order to get an accepted offer. Um, feasibly, you're competing against, you know, at least a dozen people when you go look at a listing, you know, especially within a, in Dane County, two to $600,000 price point, it's, it's just red hot and there's very limited inventory. So um, you just have to be, I think, properly coached by not only your real estate agent, but by your, your, your uh, finance team, um, just so that you know how aggressive to be. It's intimidating, especially if it's your home. It's intimidating for, for those of us that are buying our fifth, sixth home. Um, so it's, it's just a matter of empowering people with information, giving, trying to mitigate the, that, that stress and that anxiety um, the best we possibly can. And, and that just given more information usually tends to, to help. Um, I think the, especially vacation homes uh, north of Dane County and, and beyond uh, are going to continue to be extremely sought after um, because of COVID. None of us can travel anymore. Um especially internationally. And so it's one of those things where what are we going to do in order to occupy our time and, and have times where we can power down and uh, get our batteries recharged to enjoy family time. Um, and I, I think having some kind of a, a second home, whether it's on water or woods, if you're a hunter, whatever you're, you're into uh, is, is going to continue to, to be a lot more demand for it. Um, so I think that you're, we're going to start seeing uh, more and more people purchasing those types of homes. Uh, I also think I see a, a big trend these days with, with, with people that are doing cash out refis in order to refinish basements, uh, to, to expand their out, outdoor living space, uh, build more offices in their house. So, you know, <laughs> what's going on, it's uh, you have multiple parents that, that are trying to work out of their house and homeschool their kids and all the other fun stuff that, that are that's associated with this day and age. It's, uh, it's different needs. Um, I'm watching people pull hundred grand equity out of their house every other time to build a pool. Uh, so I don't know who's building all these pools these days. Those guys must be incredibly busy, but uh, hot tubs, I mean, boats, uh, different luxury items just to get people out of the house because, you know, we're not watching too much sports. Kids sports are canceled. It's just a different, different world. So I think that the, the demand, uh, especially in our state is going to continue to trend that way. Um, outside of the state, I think it's similar. Um, you know, your, your more urban areas are, are, have always high demands for, for inventory. Um, and, you know, kind of, kind of come back to, to Wisconsin, you know, I think your, your metro areas, whether it's, it's Dane County or Milwaukee or Rock County or, uh, you know, up towards Green Bay, all, all these different areas where we're just, you can't build houses fast enough. And so, that we're always going to be kind of uh, in, in some semblance of a, a bidding war, which, which again is good for our property values and, and equity positions. So I, I think there's, there's a lot of positives. Uh, you know, if we can take some positives out of COVID uh, mortgage rates and, and um, continuing to accrue additional equity, I, I think are, are two really strong points. Yeah. I think that uh, we should definitely um, <laughs> not let this crisis go to waste and make sure that you're uh, taking advantage of those. We've been talking with our clients a lot about this, about how we need to uh, focus on trying to drive those rates uh, down where we can. Um, you know, even small changes in rates in many cases make sense. Um, and then you're absolutely right, Jason. We found that people are taking money out of their houses. There is no question about that. Um, and, you know, you can see 
the increase in office space and things like that, that's, that's real. I mean, we are definitely seeing that from the withdrawals and the key locks that are coming out and all this sort of stuff uh, to try to improve their own properties. And uh, my personal feeling is that we're going to go back to larger houses now. Um, you know, it was kind of a trend then to go back. They had the always big square feet, square foot houses. And then all of a sudden uh, the trend came back a little. And now I think the trend's going to swing forward again, uh, going, okay, well, I, we might need two offices. We might need these other things. Um, for sure. And so, therefore, we're going to see that. So, well, Jason, thank you very much for joining us on Give Me Some Truth and giving us uh, a great update on mortgage rates um, to contact you. Is it uh, selectonemortgage.com? Am I right on that one? Yeah, you're exactly right. There we uh, go. So, appreciate the time, gentlemen. And, uh, yeah. Look forward to, to talking with both of you again. Sounds good. Thank you very much, Jason. Thank you. This is our attempt at a short, plain English disclosure. Advisory services are offered through Walker Connor Financial Advisors, a registered investment advisor regulated by the Securities and Exchange Commission. All matters that we discuss during the show are for informational purposes only. Look, we weren't attorneys. We aren't tax accountants. Um, if you want to rely on that sort of advice, go to your CPA, go to your estate planning attorney. Uh, go to that trusted investment professional. If you're looking at global financial advice, sit down, meet with an advisor, consider your whole financial situation, and then decide whether or not that fits your own situation. We all know that past performance is not indicative of future results. We know that any sort of performance that we talk about, any sort of charts, graphs, anything else that we bring up should not be relied on to be, first of all, uh, reliable because there could be some error in it and then also applicable to your own personal situation. So please take a step back before you listen to something and act on it and consider your own personal situation and meet with a professional where applicable. Uh, review your own investor objectives, risk tolerance, your time horizon, and we all know that all investing involves risk and possible loss of capital. Thank you for joining us on this episode of Give Me Some Truth and we hope that you can join us on a future episode.